Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister with the Christian Products Expo. Actually, I'm with the CC Podcast Conversations at, at the Christian Products Expo. Yeah. Gotta get, what do you call those things? Prepositions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I got it my prepositions correct. Right. At least my pronouns are correct. <laughs> hey. We're going there. We're talking to a comedian right now, and her name is... She's better than Matt. <laughs> she, she's funnier than me for sure. Her name's Jane Herlong. Jane Herlong was Miss South Carolina. Yeah. And as soon as I heard that, it reminded me yeah. of <laughs> another Miss South Carolina who has become the laughing stock of America. And Jane and I laughed about that. We're going to put a clip in the show notes yeah. of the gal from South Carolina who choked on a question at the Miss America pageant, which is hilarious. You might remember it, but look at the show notes for that. And Jane and I will talk about that in the interview. But Jane is a Christian humorist. Yeah. And you have to listen to the podcast to hear the difference between a comedian and a humorist. Yeah. Uh, she wrote a book called Sweet Tea something or other that you're going to love <laughs> the title of she's like kind of southern charm yep. southern humor she's got this compilation of stories that are both heartwarming and funny and uh our interview was a ton of fun she's just she's yeah. very easy to talk to very easy very full of energy so and yeah, it's uh, going to be a good interview for people to listen to yeah so jane i i enjoyed our time together she walked by earlier today and waved yep. at me and uh yeah, we're excited to continue to follow you, and we're excited for people to hear this interview. And to our audience listening, thanks so much for tuning in. Hey, everybody! Matt Reister with the CC Podcast Conversations. I'm at the Christian Products Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, and I'm sitting down with Jane Jenkins Herlong, and. Uh, Christian comedian, among other things. Is that right? Yes, yes. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. So uh, how did this all start? Like, I guess my question would be, how did you come to faith to begin with? And then how did you feel called into being a writer and a comedian and uh, all the other things you've done? It's weird because all of a sudden a door opens. And when I accepted the Lord in high school, and I was raised in the Episcopal religion. Wow. And I just, you know, it was not a relationship religion, so to speak. Yeah. And my parents put me in a Baptist high school, and that's actually where I met the Lord. I did the whole thing walking down the aisle, and everybody said, oh, I didn't feel different. Well, I did. I just, I knew I had a calling, and God had something for me. So I was brave after that. I thought, you know what? Why not be in a beauty pageant, okay? I was reared on a poor tomato vegetable farm. My daddy is 10th grade educated. So I started entering competitions, not as a kid, not like, you know, honey boo boo or anything yeah. like But in high school, and then I started seeing doors open. And so then I made it all the way to Miss America. 
Incredible. And, and the girl that won was Miss Mississippi, who had a miracle healing. And she just has become a very close friend and has endorsed books. And I just love her. Cheryl Pruitt's her name. I actually married her boyfriend. Wow. Yeah, so I tell everybody, I didn't win Miss America, but I married her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, who had an instrumental role in your coming of faith in high school? I think it was the folks that prayed for me and it's the folks that my daddy hired to work on the farm. Okay. I had a wonderful woman, a black woman named Ruth, we called her Tootsie, and she was a praying woman. And so it's ironic because at this point I'm writing a screenplay because someone was interested in who owns the rights to my book from the United Talent Agency. Wow. And I started thinking, this would be a great book. And it's the opposite. Uh, it, it's, it's the white girl that goes into the black community in the South that learns about Jesus and wow. is prayed for. That's awesome. I think it's a really a great message. So I think you have to have the courage to fail and the courage for the Lord to look at that part of you and say, hey, let's do a U-turn or let's turn left, let's turn right. Let me show you with the courage to try what can happen. So, you know, I write songs. I never thought I'd do that. I'm a singer and the comedy's on Sirius XM. I just, and all of a sudden, I'm not afraid to try. I'm not afraid to, uh, afraid to fail, because failure to me, you can be a successful failure. So, what would you say was a seminal failure for you? Not winning Miss America, or before that, in high school? Or, you know, because I, I agree with you completely. If you can get over the hurdle of failure, and realize that there's, life after failure and from a christian standpoint you can see the lord's hand use or even cause failure to bring about something better uh if you can get over the fear of failure man you are an instrument in the lord's hand that can do great things i i think so too i think you should challenge yourself to put yourself out there and feel guided to do so but i think that you can get tough and resilient and not tough like, I won't let anything get to me anymore, but tough in, okay, so you know what? The best four-letter word in the English language is next. Mm. So change the no to next. Mm. And it's up to us to find out what next is. Mm. So that's how I look at it. I'm a high school basketball coach at a Christian school, and I see among young people today a lack of having the opportunity to fail. Every, kids are just so insulated from failure today by well-meaning adults who want to protect them from the pain of failure, the embarrassment of failure. One of the reasons I love high school sports is because you're out there on the floor with four other guys, high school basketball, and if you fail, everyone's going to see it. It's going to be a little bit humiliating, but you're learning in a context that doesn't really matter a whole lot basketball to fail and then get up and do the next thing like you just said next that's right and I think when you look at, at prize boxers like Muhammad Ali you look at football players you look at any sport it's not the falling down it's the getting back up that's the part that people have to realize that the failure is when you don't get back up yeah that is when you can be debilitated and it can get into your head and mess with your head. And so what you have to do is say, you know what, maybe that wasn't my best performance, so I'm gonna work harder. There was a Netflix special, you would love this. 
and it was about winners, and it focused on Wayne Gretzky. Mm. And Wayne Gretzky, you know, he was an incredible hockey player. So all of his friends would go into movies, and he genuinely was passionate about the hockey game, and um, shooting pucks, or whatever you do, hitting the pucks. And then it, it went to football. I mean, Jerry Rice. Mm. It interviewed them, and their, the difference is their parents didn't push them. Mm. They were able to participate in a multitude of sports, mm. and they were able to be creative thinkers. That is the most, it's not about the parent pushing the child at all. We've learned opposite of success for our children. Let them experiment, let them be creative, and let them fall flat, but if they get back up, that's a tremendous win. Yeah, for sure. So can you, what would you say has been one of your top two, three, five failures? I think academically, I was not, I was difficult. I, you know, you and I just briefly talked about ADHD. I was told I was dyslexic. And being on a poor farm with my dad not finishing the 10th grade, that's stigma. Yeah. And you can't let that get in your head. My brother, sadly, is still addicted to crack, and he's 75 years old. Wow. And my sister was very insecure. And I looked at them, and I said, I'm not going to be like them. And I know when I accepted the Lord, I felt like he was going to give me the opportunity to rise above my circumstances. So I've always wanted to bring honor to my family. Yeah. And when I accepted the Lord, it was like, he said, don't let that get into your spirit. Don't let that crush your spirit. Let that add to your will to be better. Yeah. Don't be bitter. Because when you're bitter, that I is about you. Yeah. It's I, 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 yeah. I, this, I, that. But better, get rid of the I, put the E in there, and go, okay, I'll be better. That's what I'm going to do. That's and great. I'm going to encourage other people to find their better. Tell me, where was your farm at? Johns Island. South Carolina, outside of Charleston. South Carolina. So our ministry is based in Iowa. Okay. We know all about agriculture in Iowa. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I, I love Iowa folks. Corn and, bean and, corn and beans and pigs, but you were a vegetable <laughs> farmer. Right. Or fruit. Tomatoes are fruit, they say. Right, tomatoes are fruit. And then I married a peach farmer and a cattleman. Okay. Yeah, so I was farm, farm, farm. <laughs> and so what was that like growing up on a tomato farm? It was fabulous. Like, I learned how hard many, work. How many acres? Daddy at one time planted 100 acres of tomatoes. That's a lot. Wow. Yeah, and I worked in the fields. And I even, I'm a speaker. That's what I do. Yeah. And so I developed a speech called Don't Throw Tomatoes at My Field of Dreams. So you know the Field of Dreams is right down the road from us. I know. I saw that special. Isn't it like the 35th anniversary or something? That's great, yeah. Recently? Yeah. And so I thought, you know, what is it that makes people successful? First of all, they find their shine. And I would take the dirty tomatoes and wash them off. I went to Piggly Wiggly, the grocery store, talked to the produce man, Mr. Roy. Show me your tomatoes. See, that's a success principle. you got to see what other people are doing, and you do better. So ah. I washed them, I shined them, I sold them. The second thing was, I had to learn to get rid of to get better. If you're good, why not be great? You might have a tomato that might have a spot on it, you know? But let's get rid of that one, and let's put a more beautiful one. Let's, let's go for great. Yeah. And then the other one is, learn what to plow up. Like I saw my daddy plow up a beautiful crop when he knew it wasn't going to be profitable. And learn what to plow through. And that's wisdom. Plow up, plow through. So that's my signature speech that I share with a lot of corporate and association audiences. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like I said, we know a lot about corn and beans, but like the nuts and bolts of raising tomatoes. I mean, give that's us tough. give us some of the... I, we plant tomatoes in our gardens, right. you know, up, up in Iowa. No one's growing tomatoes as a crop, though. Right. And I mean... 
there's a lot of tomatoes from like six tomato plants, much less 100 acres. It's very delicate fruit. You could have a hailstorm, it'll wipe you out and put you into bankruptcy in two minutes. Wow. So we lived in a pressure cooker. My daddy had three weeks to make a living. And how do you harvest them without squishing them? Well, you have to hand harvest them. You have to have labor that is willing to work super hard in that tomato field. And that's but the hardest job. I, it's a job you love to hate. But it built me in terms of hard work. And my mother has a sense of humor. And I have embraced those two things. And that's why I work so hard. And I like to have a sense of humor all the way to working it out, you know, and I would laugh. And I remember one time I took a bucket of tomatoes to Piggly Wiggly and I stepped off Daddy's pickup truck and my entire skirt split in the very front. I mean, it was like a flap. I mean, it was awful. And I was carrying that bucket doing little baby steps. I remember Mr. Roy, he said, let me take that bucket. I said, not unless you give me a needle and thread first. <laughs> so you got to laugh through all of it. That's good. So uh, what made you want to get into the Miss America thing? Or how that work? Well, this is so weird because, again, it was everything I thought I would become or wanted to become, but I wasn't. You know, my parents were poor. Uh, Daddy worked really hard. I knew that Miss America had scholarships, so I paid for my graduate education. I got a grant for college, but I loved to sing, and I knew I wanted good communication skills. That's a success, success secret. Miss America teaches how you had to be really good in interviews. I knew I needed a personal branding statement, and that's kind of like gown, you know, how I present myself. Yep. Physical fitness is swimsuit, or taking care of your body, what to put in your body to stay in shape, and a talent. Everybody has talent. Yeah. It might not be a performing, but my Aunt Naomi could bake a caramel cake, and eventually she won a building, the Grange Building, as you would understand from agriculture, which became our fellowship hall. Little did Aunt Naomi know her caramel cake would lead to a fellowship hall that's wow. their church now. So no talent is small. God uses all parts of the body. That's incredible. So uh, Miss America, what's the process? I mean, what's the weed out? You said you're South Carolina? I, I had to. You had to win South Carolina, right? I had right? to win Miss Charleston. Okay. And that was the ground floor. Then I had to compete for Miss South Carolina. Yeah. And then Miss America, which was an incredible experience because you were standing there with 50, 49 other women just like you. It's a sisterhood. And we immediately isolated the girl that would win. She had a miracle, Cheryl Pruitt from Mississippi. She's wow. had a miracle healing in her life. And like when she won, we were all celebrating because we knew her message would be bigger. Awesome. On the Miss America stage into the world stage. Were there a lot of Christians in part of in yes. that? Yes. Yes, there were a lot of Christian girls. There were a lot of cutthroat girls, too. But they're weeded out on the way up yeah. to the national title. It was a great experience. I mean, it was a game changer for me. Now, wasn't South Carolina, wasn't there a Miss South Carolina who's got a terrible oh my clip? Yes. Asking it's about... hilarious about the world. <laughs> Bless no, her heart. If people haven't heard this, we're going to link it in the <laughs> show notes. You need to go to the show notes and click this YouTube link. It's the worst answer to a question. I feel bad for her. What happened? She was overcoached. I can tell you right now, that girl was overcoached. She lost it. And, do you know, I know her executive director, and I <laughs> called Paula. I said, Paula, has that child just gone under a rock? She said, honey. She's on MTV special tonight. They love her. <laughs> so she took her. What she you did call, next. What, it was a mess. It made it into a message. I think she made a pile of money from that thing. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, we were laughing for sure. Oh, I laughed my head off. I still like to watch that clip. It just, it was crazy. Bless her heart. I'd say, bless her heart. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at this book that you've got here at the CPE, Sweet Tea Secrets from the Deep Fried South. And I can just tell you looking at this that I am not in your target. You are not, but that was 46 you year old male. <laughs> this thing is like pink and it's got sweet tea on it. You did give me a bag of sweet tea, which my See? which my wife will love, yes. or my daughter. Right. Um, tell me about this book and how it came to be. Well, I was listening to another book called Whoa, Susanna. And it's Susanna Lewis, I think that's her name. And she was talking about growing up in the South. And as she was, I was listening to the book on tape, I went, wait a minute. I got stories. So I start out by talking about sitting on the front porch. And you're going, can I sing? Yeah, we have okay. for sure. Go so for it. So I do comedy shows and theater shows and church shows and whatnot. So I start out my shows going, grab a seat, plan to sit a while. It's our pleasure to make you smile. Secret sips from a tall sweet tea, southern fried by me. What song is that? It's from, uh, it's a Disney song. No. Good laugh, sway, or tap your feet. Southern humor can't be beat. It's a... Uh huh. It's the Andy and Mayberry song. Oh, yeah. And, and we wrote yeah. words. My friend Margaret and I wrote the words to sing, to open, because we talk about life lessons. Now, see, you can identify with this. From the front porch. Yeah. And story is how we speak in the South. So you'd see... Cousin Wee Wee and Aunt Fanny, like, oh, how did they get their names? Sitting on the front porch, and they tell stories, and we'd listen. Yeah. And they'd say stuff like, y'all hear about Bob and Elizabeth? No. <laughs> well, Robert done woke in and put a gun up at Elizabeth's head and said, what's your name? She said, Elizabeth. I can't kid it out. was my mama's name. And he put a gun up at Bob and said, what's your name? He said, Bob, but my friends call me Elizabeth. <laughs> Now that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> so is this just a bunch of like con uh, comedy content? Oh yeah, it's so funny. It's and so what's the format? How's it laid out for people who might be curious? Well, it's 50 life lessons and there's a sweet tea takeaway. So like I talk about <laughs> in the South, this is funny. One chapter is called Why Aunt Benny Had a Dead Chicken on Her Ceiling. It's all Southern humor. She didn't know how to use her pressure cooker. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just funny stuff like that. The Southern woman scorned. Now, you don't want to get in her bad graces, gracious. And then the Southern lady second time around. Or uh, the Southern sister's secret football takeaways. That's hilarious. Uh -huh. So it's, it's all about the South. And I thought, okay, what is it that makes us different? Like I was singing at a church revival outside. And the minister, he was just, well, that's a whole other story. But... So I'm at that revival, and somebody came up and said, Preacher, ain't nobody coming to worship the Lord. And John said, Really? He said, Yeah, because them snakes, they talking about snakes. He said, Well, that's just the devil trying to keep you from God's blessing in your life. The guy walks off, and I looked at John, and I said, Oh, my gosh, people are lying about all these snakes. He said, No, they're everywhere. You ain't seen them. There were snakes everywhere. They were coming out of the woods, the vibrations. Oh, my word. Oh, I know. And so it's stories like that, but I make it funnier than that. It's yeah, funny. I love it. So people laugh. So you've done singing, uh, you do comedy, like stand-up? Yeah. Well, yeah, I do. Well, I call it, uh, I'm a humorist. I'm on Sirius XM. They play my comedy, which yeah, I'm I very saw that. thankful. So how, how, 
in what format on Sirius? Well, it's on Sirius XM 97. I'm on Larry and Jeff's Comedy Roundup. Larry, and, the cable guy, and yep, Jeff Foxworthy. Yep. yep. And so what I do is I isolate about four to six minute comedy bits. Some of them are short, some of them are long. I just uh, sent some new comedy into them. I've forgotten how difficult that is. Good. Difficult great. to write? Difficult to format. Woo. It's got to be done a very particular way. You've like got to a have, certain length? A certain length. You've got to have those long numbers that they assign to you if you load it up on, uh, what's the format I use? Like uh, CD Baby, formats like that, TuneCore, that's what I use. To put it up but, online. Oh my gosh. You've got to get these numbers, like the alphabet. Wow. And then you've got to put the genre, the length, when it was uh, released, how long it is. Uh, what are the tags? Oh my gosh, no wonder I hadn't uploaded comedy in a while. So, but they play my stuff, they like my stuff, and I get, you know, royalty checks, which is thank you, Jesus, seriously. It, that's awesome. Yeah. So, is there a set time that you're on, or they just cycle you through? They cycle me through. I'm in their loop. They call me, they say, okay, you're in the loop. And so, I, I have about an hour and a half that I sent to them. And I've got some really funny things, like going to female mud wrestling in South Georgia, and I was dressed up in a cowgirl outfit because I used to work for a tractor company called Alice Chalmers. And oh, yeah. I, I do all their stuff. And so my business manager, traveling companion named Joel, he was so biblical, honey, deacon in the Baptist church. I said, Joel, we going to female mud wrestling. He said, we are not. I said, we are. You have to, you have to be around me, and you have to chaperone me. So we went, and they had garbage bags tied together with duct tape, and the girl had, you know, they had swimsuits on, but there was a right healthy girl who got in the mud pit with this little dried up child, bless her heart. <laughs> and they called her Amazing Grace. They did. The little one or the big the one? The little one. The little one. <laughs> and so Joel sat in the very back because he's afraid somebody's going to see him because he's the head deacon at First Baptist <laughs> Church in Worth County, Georgia. And I said, so I was all like, oh my gosh. And that little skinny girl pinned down that healthy girl and she won $200. So I went up to her and I said, how did you do that? She said, I got a double wide trailer payment due in three days. <laughs> and so Joel was mortified. Who wants it more? Oh yeah, that little skinny girl. She had that payment due. Yeah. That's passion. And so we got in the car and I didn't say a word because I thought it was going to get mad at me. So we're driving out of the Holodome from Macon, Georgia. And he said, I enjoyed that last night. And I said, oh, really? He said, oh, yeah, I got the name of my Sunday school lesson. I said, do tell. He said, how to handle mud wrestling with amazing grace. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's so awesome. So I have stories like that on Sirius. Oh, I love it. I love it. So uh, are you a connoisseur of comedy, I would assume? Oh, I am. And... And so who's your favorite comedian? Uh, Jeannie Robertson just passed away, and she, it was a shock. Um, she was just dear to me. I don't know who she is. She's a Southern humorist from North Carolina, and she's just viral on the internet. She's brilliant. But of course, she, you know, she's not with us anymore. But I like, I like listening to clever comedy. Like, I like Jeff Foxworthy. I like clean, clever comedy. I've got a friend named Kelly Swanson who's very funny, and she's, who hijacked my fairy tale. I have a humor coach, and I, I call Lou's name. It was Lou Heckler, of all things. And I'll say, Lou, is this funny? He said, but we can make it funnier. So it's all based on truth. We just polish it up. We call yeah. it professional, um, what do we call it, a fluff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what, you've used the term humorist a few times. Mm -hmm. How would you distinguish humorist versus comedian? 
comedians kind of have boom, boom, boom. And humorous tell stories. Okay. Just like the... A little softer, a little more kind of gradual and... And it's a story within a story. Yeah. So we'll digress and tell another story. Yeah. Like, can I tell this is funny? I was at the nursing home singing, and uh, I do big band music. So I was singing to all these sweet residents, and one woman, oh, just struggled to stand up. And she was elderly. And she said, did you see what I done? I stood up. And I said, well, thank you. That was so sweet. She said, honey, at my age, you don't know how difficult it is to give anybody a standing ovulation. (laughs) That's very difficult at an advanced age. (laughs) And so I sat by my little choir friend, Deborah, and I said, Deborah, I thought you retired. She said, I'm so stupid. I went back. She said, I went to substitute teach today, first grade. And I walked in. I said, boys and girls, I'm your substitute teacher. And one of the little girls in her class went to the next lab, reading lab, and said, guess what? Our real teacher is sick, but today we got a prostitute teacher. (laughs) Isn't that funny? I love it. So I love telling those short stories, and then I love the long stories, too. Yeah. Are there any, uh, like, comedians on film who you really like? You know, I... I get inspired. I have a whole pack of people in my speaker world because I'm, you know, I'm I'm in the Hall of Fame for speaking, which has been very nice. Yeah. In fact, I was a chair this year, and we just had a ball. But there's so many people on the platform that do so well yeah. in convention, and they're funny, and they're not the kind that you say, oh, uh, they were on this special or that special. Yeah. I get real turned <laughs> off with anybody who can't do clever, clean comedy. Yeah. I think just profanity is is not necessary. Necessary. Yeah, and I think it just it just gets, you know, Jim Gaffigan is pretty funny, mm-hmm. but they both all of them have a clean show and a bad show. Yeah, and I hate that because mm-hmm. I love clever, clean comedy. Yep. yep, you don't have to say bad words to be clever or um, stand out. I'm That's trying to think. Easy. There's a couple of Christian guys that my kids watch on YouTube. One's a redhead, uh, Hawkins, Tim Hawkins. Oh yes, 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 yes. He's pretty good. <laughs> yes. And uh, Chris, John Chris, maybe? Yes, my son enjoys him too. Yeah. yeah. Holmes tells me a lot. Talk to me about uh, Speaker's Hall of Fame. I oh, didn't even know there man. was such a thing. Well, I tell you what, that was a real honor to be inducted. They only in, in our association, in the National Speakers Association, they only induct uh, up to five. And I was inducted in 2017. And it, I was so overjoyed because you get into. I mean, the chicken soup for the soul guys are in there. Um, there are only 87 women that have been inducted wow. since 1973. And so it's just a game changer when you get in the genre of these remarkable people that just are game changers. I was flying out from Nashville about a week, a month ago, and I met a woman named Maggie Cook. I was so blown away. Now, she's not a humorist, but she's under the radar screen, like, where have you been, darling? And she was in an orphanage. She sold her business and Maggie, Maggie's Salsa to Walmart, Costco. She's worth millions. Wow. And she was so kind to me. I didn't know who she was. And then she was homeless and she's gone back to Mexico with money she's made to get those orphans placed in homes. Wow. Now that's what we should be doing on the platform. That's I awesome. don't know her religion. I don't care. Yeah. But she's making a difference in the world and she is one 
fabulous human being. I see. I'd love to see her elevate herself within the speaking. And she's with Washington Speakers Bureau, which means she commands tremendous fees for what she does. I mean, some of these people make twenty thousand dollars a speech. Yeah. Wow. It's unbelievable. Incredible. But they have got what it takes to be inspirational and to share. I mean, I was on the stage. I know you know Nick Bulajic. Nick and I were on the platform speaking for, he spoke for 60,000 kids. I spoke for the 20. I spoke wow. for the first for the future farmers of America, all mm. those blue jackets. Yep. I know from yep. Iowa, you understand. You I've spoken to the Iowa FFA in the past. Yeah. But boy, I mean, Nick's got a flipper foot. He has no limbs. Yep, I know who you're talking about. He's, he's incredible. And I met Nick on the genesis of his career exploding. He just moved from Australia. And wow. he now lived in California. And he's had several kids. He's just an amazing person. So when you get and get to see these people do their platform skills like Maggie, it blows your mind. Yeah. I mean, you just jaw dropped at it. Incredible. So so uh, what's your favorite audience that you've spoken to? Or what's a more one of a, a memorable... You know, you go around and speak at a million different things, and it yeah. becomes pretty routine. But once in a while, something stands out. You had a s certain piece of feedback that you had some kind of impact, or there's something that you remember from being on this. I mean, I remember before I preach once in a while. And, you know, hopefully I'm faithful to Scripture every time, and I trust the Spirit's speaking through me every time. But there's some times when you're like, man, that, that was powerful, or that was different even for me. Have you had any experiences like that, or what are a couple oh, of Oh, yeah. I mean, I was speaking in Palm Beach. And that was nice and like a fabulous venue. And then I was hired to speak in Waynesburg, Tennessee. Joan, this is Galen Grinder. And so we want you to come speak to our teachers at the end service. So I go <laughs> and fly to Nashville and thinking, man, I'm dumb to leave that fabulous venue in South Beach or Palm Beach, wherever I was. And I went into uh, this little old town, but it became my favorite speaking engagement but just because of the comedy and the humor and the passion the teachers had for their kids. Mm. So, I mean, I've done 20,000 people live on RFD TV. I've done that. I've done huge audiences in the mm -hmm. past. But for that one night when I got to meet Galen Grinder and all his people said, Jane, come on down to the square. We're going to have all you can eat catfish. It's going to be good and worms and dirt. And the, they started talking about football. And I about fell over. I said, y'all go to UT. We didn't go to UT. Went to Austin P. Spelled P-E-A-Y. Just pronounced P. Yeah. And so one of them said, Galen, tell Jane y'all's cheer. Oh, we'd stand up at the football games and go, let's go pay. Let's go pay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's okay to say that here. I love it. But I it was just this comedy. So it's so funny because humor can be found in so many places that you would least expect it. Yeah. But I, I mean, I've. Some of my bigger venues would be I sang at Radio City Music Hall, which was a kick in the pants, the national anthem. That's awesome. On stage with Charlton Heston and Rudy Giuliani, and um, who was the other person that was, oh, Colin Powell. He was brilliant. That's great. Oh, I just had a ball. Hey, you got to get going, but put one more plug in for this. Oh, yeah, that's about the best book. I'm just telling y'all, that's the cutest thing. Tyndale House has done a super duper job with that book. It's pictures, and well, I'm writing a screenplay about it. I really am. And When's that going to be out? It's really going to be good. I'm on page about eight, and I've got about 140 pages more to go. <laughs> but I'm hoping it'll get picked up by, I think it'll be just that good. And where can people follow you? Um, they can go to my YouTube channel, and they can go to janeherlong.com, H-E-R-L-O-N-G. Awesome. Jane, Thank thanks so you. much this for your time. Super. Great to meet you. Thank you. Have a good one.
The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.